0: I'm recording I finally figured out which button was the record awesome. button I was like oh yeah show audio no I don't want that and awesome. then I just screwed everything up so that's what the master of mediocrity is for children is to not let me <laughs> screw everything up So yeah, no, uh usually the master of mediocrity does all sorts of like research, or at least Googles the creative team. <laughs> and we we are not the master of mediocrity. <laughs> this 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 episode, dear listeners oh, no. That's why
1: she's the master. <laughs>
0: that is why she's the master. The lieutenant is at the helm, and God help us all.
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh
0: no, but it's okay, we have co Whichever deity
1: you pray to, help us now. Help
0: us now, mother of the gods. Okay, what are you doing? And we have our co-pilot here. You are just the child for now. <laughs> the child is here co-piloting and causing mayhem and havoc. So, you know, it's a, usual, it's a normal-ish day in <laughs> the Girls Talk oh, yeah. comics. Creative <laughs> process. What is that? That's really fun. Stay she wants to talk
1: comics, you know, it's in she the title.
0: Does. She does. Actually, this one was a lot of pretty colors and art, but I guess first we should introduce who we are. Uh, mm-hmm. I am Jessica, your lieutenant of literature, and with me for the first time in audio form, I think, we have the wonderful, the awesome, the... Jamie.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um I'm Jamie. I'm the uh dame of discourse, if you will. I am with the for uh, for Everyone Media Group. I do mostly written reviews, but yeah, this will be my first time uh on the pod.
0: On the pod, long-time listener and contributor yeah. behind the scenes stepping out into the spotlight as a Very it were. much so. in a very appropriate way, in a very appropriate comic for that. Just coming out Into Mm -hmm, the spotlight. mm
1: -hmm. Oh yeah. Jamie. I wish I had the I wish I had the the dress the dresses for that Christalga does for my coming out, but
0: Oh my gosh. You know, pajamas
1: on on a on a recording is totally fine.
0: Uh that's all that I ever wear. If if I mean if that I'm gonna be honest with you a couple of times at late stages of my pregnancy I might have been sans pants. But anyway (laughs) today we are covering A truly delightful book that I enjoyed, even though I was doing that thing that you do sometimes whenever you're not feeling very good or comfy or right with the world and you're just discomfort. And so you don't do the things that, you know, make you feel better. I did it. And much like taking a shower, this cleansed me in my soul of some of the grouchiness that has come up in the new year. So it is a good one, you guys. It is real, real sweet. It is the Prince and the Dressmaker, which is a fairy tale graphic novel written and illustrated by Jin Wang. I'm gonna say that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel in my soul that I did that correctly. When was the first time you interacted with this book, Jamie? Is this like a long time favorite of yours? It's been around since 2018. Um,
1: so I found this book. I don't remember exactly when, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with late 2020. It was um something that I picked up sort of as I was. I was wanting more transgender fluid gender non-binary kind of things in my media and i remember just googling that kind of like title plus graphic novels and this one came up on a list and i was like cool that seems interesting i'll maybe pick it up saw it in my local books a million and was just like cool this is happening picking this up we're going and i remember reading it just like in one go like i sat down and i i maybe put it down to like eat but i just devoured it loved it since then i've read it one more time for a book club and then my wife recently read it to our three-year-old and so i count that as like a half reading because i would just be sitting there chilling out and listening to her read it to her um so yeah i take that so i've read it about two and a half times i love it um it's probably going to be a book i re-review i reread over and over again for a while
0: yeah it's a it's a little bit of a classic i think just in the first reading than i did of it i'm like oh this is definitely something that i think has a place on somebody's bookshelf just as a perennial favorite just once a year you gotta yeah. do a prince and the Dressma- dressmaker read through it's one of those things it's like pride and prejudice Absolutely. for me
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of like um it's like that graphic novel comfort food where it's just like you just need once a year to just read it, get into it, and just enjoy it.
0: Yeah, or like if you're having a bad, like if you had a, like a series of bad takes or they did something bad to a character you love, mm-hmm. you can just pull this out and be like, all right, everything's okay mm-hmm. in the world. Well, as the resident expert, having read this two and a half times, I'm going to pass the ball to you a little bit to kind of give us an overall of the plot. If you are if you listen to any of the podcasts, you know that what happens whenever I do it is uh, we get everyone really confused. <laughs> You are just being very
1: well, will tr- vocal. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. She's like, I've got opinions, too.
0: I love this book, Mom. That's what she's saying. But, you know, <laughs> in baby ease.
1: Yes. <laughs> of course. That baby ease that they're trying to figure things out. It's like, hey, Mom's making noises <laughs> with her mouth. I've got to try that out, <laughs> too. <laughs> it's about uh, two characters, of course. And it's about this girl... And my brain is doing that thing where people are listening to me. And so my brain just forgets all the key details. So there's (laughs) Frances and she's a um, young tailor in a, in a shop in Paris. (laughs) And she gets a request one day to make a dress for this girl. Who's going to the ball hosted by the Prince of this insert made up European country name here. He's in town visiting for the summer and he's, uh looking or you know, the king is looking to marry off the prince and find someone. So woman girl comes in wanting this dress, um, Francis gets sort of saddled with it and comes up with this design that, you know, the mother hates, the girl of course loves, everyone else turns out loving it, and she gets approached by someone, right as she's about to be fired, to make dresses for a mysterious person. She gets taken to this massive palace and is told you're going to make dresses for me. Turns out the person she's making dresses for is the prince of Belgonia. I think is the t- is the place. I think. And turns out the prince is also Lady Cristalia. Turns out to become Lady Cristalia, the super popular woman of the night. Uh, well, not woman of the night. That sounds bleh. popular socialite. <laughs> socialite. A little, bit, socialite, socialite. A little bit. Yeah. Let's let's back that up. Let's edit that out. Yeah. There we go. Socialite. <laughs> Prince wants this, wants Francis to make dresses for her to go out as a socialite, and that's the plot. She makes dresses for them; they're amazing, and she becomes this this famous socialite known as Lady Cristalia, who is renowned for the for the dresses that she wears, and becomes, you know, one of the most famous socialites in Paris at the time. Like and an then of course sensation. you know nothing good can last so there's drama that comes oh, yeah completely overnight sensation she wins the a uh, uh, lady marmalade contest and suddenly everyone wants her designs so
0: as i often do i was exposed to this as like hey uh this is a really fun novel that you need to read for the podcast because you're mm-hmm. gonna love it and it's the -hmm. best and only reason to join a podcast about graphic novels is so that people can cherry pick these things for you (laughs) because this is amazing and the art (laughs) is just so much fun I love the way that the characters have their own features a lot of stylized comics and stuff go to this this like stylized perfect beauty place with their features and all of these characters Mm -hmm. are beautiful. But they're also all unique, like the dressmaker, her ears are not like set standard for a character. Like if you see her outline with her ears, you know, Mm -hmm. that's her. And uh, Lady Crystallia Mm -hmm. and the prince both have a very distinguished nose. But like in this really striking, Mm -hmm. gorgeous way that I think actually imitates real life a lot more than all of the more cookie cutter type illustrators that just sort of like oh yeah this is the disney nose and like it it was definitely unique in that yeah you could really see the artist it it skill
1: absolutely it definitely feels like it definitely feels like a disney story in terms of in terms of both like the story itself of you know figuring yourself out and you know the hopeful ending and like it very much has that disney fairy tale kind of feel to it and even the art very much feels that way, but as you said, they're all very much distinct. Like you know, Frances immediately on every page. You could even take off the hair, and even some ways you can see. Um, in some angles you don't see much of her hair, but you know who that is. Same with the prince slash Lady Crystallia, You know exactly who. Um, and you know, for lack of better you know, because you could, the, the pronouns, it could be he, she, I'm just going to go she, um, because you very much get that feel of, and I don't want to impose pronouns on any character that doesn't declare them, but it feels very much, she's happiest in this story, as you, as you watch the story unfold, she's very much happiest as Lady Crystallia, and maybe that's from, you know, the weight of the princely duties falling off, and she just gets to be, the socialite on the town, but you you get you definitely get you know back to the original point. You you definitely it's 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 her nose, and yeah. no one else's nose is going to be mistaken there. But it's not a like here's her nose in a very off-putting, standoffish kind of way. It's just that's her nose, and it's a pretty nose, that kind of so
0: Yeah, yeah, very much the characters, like, are very much distinct
1: and beautiful in their own ways.
0: I like that a lot about like old art and stuff where you know the, the beauty standards mm-hmm. are very different mm-hmm. than they are now like throughout the years and so mm-hmm. you get to see you know people's features be made beautiful in the like you know like as a as a chubby mm-hmm. girl I love me some old supple ladies on <laughs> them them old renaissance <laughs> and stuff I'm like yeah you get that girl you get that role I see you Get it, and so like whenever I see people yeah. being able to draw the natural beauty in like mm-hmm. distinct features, i just mm-hmm. it becomes like a favorite of mine very quickly. Because I I know I'm not against using the tools that you have, you know, like the like the art shorthand. Mm-hmm. You know, I like manga a lot, and they do a lot of art mm-hmm. shorthand in manga mm-hmm. and anime. But I just really really love it. whenever somebody can bring something unique, kind of like the Tilly Walden stuff, you just. Yeah. You just can see that person's stamp on on the on the art. And that's what makes graphic novels fun mm-hmm. for me, I think. But I also looked her up yeah. in the Wikipedia because, you know, that's the level I'm at. Mm-hmm. like as as I shamefully say that to the <laughs> most educated person on our uh, mm-hmm. on our podcast network. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I went to my source, Wikipedia. I hear you. You're so smart. And Jin Wong is actually Mm -hmm. a very awarded person. Got the Sybilis Award in 2014 for Brett's graphic novel for In Real Life with Cory Doctorow as the writer on that. Cory Doctorow, of course, being a science fiction fantasy longtime fan favorite author. A uh, Harvey Award in 2018 mm-hmm. for this book, and the Eisner Award for this book. And I think she was the writer artist both for *Prince and the Dressmaker*. She yeah, doubled she double duty on this. Yeah, she did. And the Eisner Award actually best publications for teen <laughs> ages 13 and 17 for the same book. And then in 2020, she won an As- Asian Pacific American mm-hmm. Award for Literature. Uh, for another book of hers called Stargazing, which I'm going to have
1: to Uh look up. But I mean, yeah, you look at this book and you read through it and you read it and then both just like, you take it in as a story, but then you also take it in as art. And you can sort of see why she won best for this because it's so, such a pretty book. And I mean, we haven't even really talked about the dresses yet.
0: Like the wardrobe
1: in this is also just phenomenal.
0: Oh man, I'm really hoping that you can like supply me here. On, I'm not a fashionista in the slightest, so like I love it because it's like costumes and stuff. It's a lot of it was based on she. She drew a lot of her inspiration from the opera and ballet costumes, and I think costume dressing is super duper fun. I just don't know a lot about actual fashion. And they they have an interesting premise here where this is set in the transition from bespoke costumes and dresses to a more Mm -hmm. going to the mall and buying from a department store situation. And so she's kind of like presented with a uh, crisis of morality, I guess, like at a crossroads of her own, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. it's not based in it's it's an identity Mm -hmm. crisis with. Am I going to pursue my fantastic visions and be this high end address socialite creator, or am I going to buy like buy into this mm-hmm. this handsome rogue you know millionaire entrepreneur from this rich family's vision for what I should be making and put my name on stuff that I don't love and i just I really appreciate her whole arc because Frances is just like. She's just a pure little cinnamon roll, and I love me some cinnamon rolls in comics. They don't belie and and drag on about her coming up from the bottom, you know, like they don't make a big deal out of money and stuff, but they do show a little bit of her like mm-hmm. getting to experience this world and breaking through in a way that doesn't make it seem skeezy like you don't question her intentions of friendship you you yeah. know that she cares deeply for the prince and for Lady Cresselia, which is I think also the great part of this book because. Like Francis is never mm-hmm. like phrasing it in a way where she's trying to pick one or the other. You know, she is. She has a very memorable and heart melting line where she's just like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, he's perfect." Just you know, and it's just like, "Oh my god, that's just yeah. the cutest, it's- most romantic thing." <laughs> I love it so much.
1: It's just that thing of just like, "I love you," or "I love you the person, not the." The expression that you're picking that makes you feel happy at that time. You know, and it's it's such a beautiful thing for, and I think one of the impacts of this is just like for those people who who are gender fluid or somewhere in the non-binary and having a story out there where it's like, no, I love you because you're you. I, lo- I love you the person no matter if it's Prince Sebastian or Lady Crystallia. And I, I love that kind of story. Um, and you're right. There's no, there's no ulterior motive, kind of like, I bagged me a prince to, to, <laughs> to, 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 to make a career out of this or, or anything like that. It's just, I love this person and I'm going to be there for them. And, and again, it just, they, they bring the best out of each other. You know, I love that moment where, He's come back and he's like, and, and the prince is just like, are you going to like compromise here? Like you make great stuff and what I'm seeing here isn't what you, like, this isn't you. Um Are you sure this is what you want to do? And you're right. She does have an arc. And I appreciate that when you have a book where you have a, a supporting character because you could get lost in the whole Prince Sebastian trying to make sense of his gender identity while also being a sovereign prince of a sovereign nation with all the responsibilities that that entails but like you could make a whole book about that and it be a book but the fact that she also has a story and an arc that she has to go through as well i think really makes this a great book and really sort of elevates it to the next level um and i'm totally taking that whole cinnamon roll term
0: (laughs) I stole it from comment section of Webtoons. Uh, Laura Olympus is one of my babies that I will forever love and and follow to the ends of times. And um, the cinnamon roll is what they refer to uh, Persephone as because she's just this bodacious babe. But then also, like, she's just so sweet and pure. Just too pure for this world. But then, of course, you know, she's also the queen of Hades, so you know she's got a spicy side too <laughs> little chili in that cinnamon roll uh oh, yeah. but i i really love oh, yeah. it whenever they show healthy relationships and models for relationships in comics mm-hmm. especially when they're angled toward young adults because they both grow together and they both call like you said like the prince comes back and kind of calls her out on like not holding true to her dream like are you really gonna do this but then also Mm -hmm. like she sets really strong boundaries for herself you know which is hard especially whenever Mm -hmm. you know like a friend of ours is going through a hard time or someone we love is going through a hard time and they're struggling with something that feels so much more than what we're going through you know like but that doesn't that doesn't give anyone an excuse to treat you poorly and you still maintain your boundaries and Only accept what's good for yourself like there's a healthy way to be there for someone in a relationship Mm -hmm. and and it makes it that much more I don't know meaningful and impactful whenever a person is able to do that Uh, you know I think Mm it I think it Mm -hmm. increases the quality of the love as opposed to detracting from it whenever somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't just pander to you in kind of a patronizing way It, it makes it It makes it feel so much more genuine
1: absolutely and it gives it it very much is that like this is a great model of a queer relationship where someone is non-binary gender fluid trans because you're right it would be so easy for for someone in francis's position to go look you're dealing with much more bigger problems than i am i'll let you roll i'll let you run over me and we'll play it according to your game but you're right it doesn't lead to a great relationship in the end something eventually breaks something eventually gives so when frances is able to put her foot down and say like look you're going through a lot i can't even imagine it but i'm still putting my foot down and saying no you can't treat me this way even though you're going through so much i think that's a great model because those boundaries have to be set they have to be followed they have to be hit otherwise there's no room for growth you know um there's no if the prince is able to always hide lady cristalia is the prince and is the prince always going to be happy yeah you know is this going to be something that they're able to live with forever with that situation
0: and you know you think about it it's just one graphic novel it's not like it's not like this huge series where they Mm -hmm. you know they've they've just done this in such a compact and interesting meaningful way for a, a very specific you know age group and uh, it's right Mm -hmm. up there with lumberjanes and all of that like really good material for younger people that just sort of defaults to decency even though in this one i think they put a focus a little bit on Mm -hmm. the the indecent ways that uh, somebody in the princess position Mm -hmm. is treated but also they jump the shark a little bit at the end in a way that i love by by making that fashion show go the way that it did i was like okay but also yeah i stand.
1: oh yeah it was one of those where it's like yeah it very much jumped the shark (laughs) but it jumps i I would if i had to describe the shark it would very much it jumped the happy shark like if i had to put my critical hat on where i'm looking at this from a critical perspective i have deactivated my emotion chip and i'm looking at this just from a critical literature perspective I could go. Yeah, that jumps the shark a little bit. It's too neat of an ending. But as someone who feels emotionally invested in these characters, woohoo! Let's jump that shark. Let's jump that shark, and let's have fun. Let's enjoy this. Very much that fairy tale ending of.
0: Yeah, I was also very happy about um the the way that it. I mean, like you know, it's like it's like at the end of those old teen movies from like the early two thousands and stuff, where at the end they do some sort of ridiculous like. I don't know. It feels like an Amanda Bynes film where at the end, like all of the Royal guards are like doing a fashion show or something, you know, like I love it. I stand it. Mm-hmm. I, it feels good. It feels right for the age group. And it really does give you a happy like whole ending to something that, you know, mm-hmm. is a lot scarier in real life. I think than I mean, like I don't know from personal yeah. experience, but I do, I could see that being, unsatisfying to to close out in a more realistic way and we would be deprived of the king yeah. in a truly fabulous gown so honestly
1: oh yeah the, the king rocks it
0: oh man those shoulders are to die for in like i just i'm upset oh, every day absolutely. i think about it the beard uh i wish i didn't have like just three stupid hairs and i had a full luscious beard like that if i'm gonna have to have three or four stupid hairs on my chin I would just rather have a gorgeous red like silver streaked mane myself if I could just if I'm not allowed to be hairless is all I'm saying like if I can't have one can I just have a gorgeous like silky flow is that, a, is that too much to ask little one she thinks I'm funny I, I know that I would hate it because it's itchy and I hate Corey's but when I look at
1: people who are rocking
0: it so good, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna disregard all of the work and maintenance and upkeep that it would take to have something that was silky and luscious like that, and just want it immediately." This is when my 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 close friend and hairstylist tells me to just buy a wig, just buy a wig, Jessica. Okay, I will. I'll
1: just buy a wig. Break down by the wig I love the antlers. The antlers are what oh, makes it for me in that whole costume at the end. Yes. It's like rock some ant. Like if you're gonna have a headpiece. If you're gonna have a headpiece that you have to put on, go hamers, man. That's the way there to do are. it. And like, yeah, it has that like fairy tale happy ending, but I think to contrast it, there's so many books that deal with gender non-binary, trans things, and they're always we- and they like some of them don't have great endings. Some of them are really like more realistic. This is the shit you're going through i don't know how much i'm allowed to cuss on this I'll um go for it, girl. this is go the shit it. you're going through and it and it, <laughs> and it it fucking sucks it always fucking sucks like it rips your heart out but like to have one book with a happy fairy tale ending that yeah it jumps the shark but fuck yeah it jumps the shark and i feel happier for it you know my heart is full of rainbows because of it fuck yeah like let me have that you know let me have that Especially considering what so many trans and gender fluid and gender non-binary kids and teenagers are fucking going through right now, right? Like the fucking teen, the the whole trans community and gender non-conforming community in general has got it really shit right now. But like the high school kids going through that shit right now, like I can't even imagine like I'm in kind of a position of power where I've been transitioning in a professional setting, and everyone's like, "Yep, cool." It's like a very liberal professional setting, where it's like, I came out an email where I was like, "Hey, guy, hey, y'all, it's it's she/her now. This is happening. Deal with it." And everyone's like, "Cool, all right, yeah." Like we're professional here, you know. We're you we're a university full of lib uh, liberal people, so yeah, awesome. But like to be a trans kid. Coming out, or a non-binary kid coming out in high school of all times, and depending on where you live, in very tough social environments, like fucking give them the prince and the dressmaker happy fairy tale ending. Give it to them. Let them enjoy it. For sure. You
0: know? Yeah, definitely. That's that's like that's like the like I, I said the Lumberjanes again, but I'm going to again because they default to decency. Like there, there are there's all sorts of LGBTQ plus etc just representation in those and and they don't make they don't make a big deal out of it. And I while I do think there's a place where mm. things that make a big deal out of it, like not everything is for education. Mm. Like some things should just be for making someone feel good. Mm. And I think that's a big portion of the representation mm. matters that I know was missed. I live I live in a very rural middle of nowhere type situation. And it was kind of missed whenever I was first trying to like spread my wings in an allyship role and like try to figure out like how to be a decent person i was like oh yeah only grimdark mm-hmm. all of the bad things focus only on you know never any good and you know it it's one of those things where it kind of puts it's the same thing as like oh yeah let's ask our one black friend to weigh in as the person to tell me all of the things about the world like it puts an unfair It puts an unfair weight on the group that's going through the hardest portion of it. Which is why after the first second of going, did they just send out the guards in those dresses? I was like, fuck yeah, they did. (laughs) And that guard rocked it. That first guard was giving me face. He was giving me sass. He was giving me yes. I'm all about it. And also I thought it was interesting because it wasn't explicitly of like a, what am I trying to say? The way that they they were talking about transness, it was a really inclusive mm-hmm. way to do it. It wasn't like pigeonholing mm-hmm. into a specific like experience for a person. It was basically open mm-hmm. from like mm-hmm. egg to to chick. You know what I'm saying? Like, whichever portion of yeah. this journey yeah. you're on internally, like this is a place for you, even if mm-hmm. it's just that sometimes. Yeah you want to wear pretty dresses and feel like that's your expression. You know, like even if this isn't a permanent thing for you, that's fine. Like you should be able to go off if yeah. you need to go off. I think I think there's a lot of things like that that are kind of unfairly like pigeonholed in the way that our stupid society works and um like like for instance, I live in the middle of nowhere, rural rural Kansas and it was either full girly girl or like grunge disaster and if you tried to do anything in the between like if you tried to dress up or whatever it was a big deal and people remarked upon it and like kind of shamed you back into your hole you know which is just like if it's if it's even just a girl that never wears dresses wears a dress and everybody flips out about it can you imagine what life would have been like if any of my classmates were you know like struggling with their gender identity like I can't even Mm -hmm. like I hope Mm -hmm. for the sake of our small little thirty person class that none of them were because I can't I mean like shit. I am as vanilla as they come and I was like horribly damaged in my feminineness (laughs) and my connection with my gender, so like Jesus. Like I can't even it's one of those things that makes me very sad for the babies. My poor babies.
1: So I went to Christian private schools my entire upbringing and i'll say the state alabama like rural alabama 30 person classes so like it was never even presented as a thing like it was never presented as a thing except for oh we're gonna have for spirit week we're gonna have the guys dressed like girls as a sort of like gag pageant thing for homecoming Mm -hmm. and it was always presented to me like within my family like that's a terrible thing. You're not allowed to partake in that, no matter what. Like even if it's for a gag, that's not a thing. So it wasn't even presented to like it wasn't even like an option as like a possibility as a thing until like I got to college, and even then it was college in Alabama, which was still like it's a thing, but like we don't really talk about it. And it wasn't until like my twenties where I started going, like wait a second, like what's going on here? Like it's the like I didn't even have. The vocabulary and the understanding to put the two and two together, you know, it's like, it's like you give a toddler something, like you give a toddler a baby, some like hundred, thousand piece puzzle, like they don't even have the cognitive abilities to put that thing together. So, but then you have a book like this where it's what I really appreciate about it. When I first read it, and I considered myself gender fluid, and then I read it again as a, as someone whose egg finally cracked, and I was like, nope, trans. This is the way it's gonna be now. What I appreciate about it is it didn't try to, like, bend over backwards and make it a plot point of what is the label the prince slash Lady Cristalia is going to pick. Like, it was just like, uh, he said to Francis, I sometimes feel better presenting as as a, as a woman, and I want to be able to do that. And that's very much gender fluid, and maybe if there's the prince and the dressmaker too, or the princess and the dressmaker, maybe there's a development there, but... That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is how do you learn to be okay with it wherever you're at in that spectrum. And I really appreciated that. It wasn't made a big deal of it. It was just like, I feel happier. Cool. No further questions asked. No further questions needed. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, there was a moment where I thought it was going to get even, even. Okay. So hear me out. Hear me out when they first introduced the son of the kajillionaire or whatever, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. a lady was was like, uh, no, please refrain from touching the, the royal person. Uh, And and then he like comes in and is like, Hey, yeah, we own the club. Don't mess with her, please. Uh, then takes, takes her and Francis away. When Mm -hmm. I saw that person, I was like, Is that the princess also in drag? Because I would freak out. This would be the greatest plot twist of them all. Like, oh, my God. And then actually, I was really glad that they didn't do it that way because it would have like pigeon toed them into some like tropes that, you know, like are played out a Mm -hmm. little bit whenever this kind of conversation Mm -hmm. comes up. But for real, I was like, okay, so this is how this is gonna go. And I have never like, and once they like skipped over that and were like, Nope, this is just some other dude, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I have no idea where this story's going because I literally haven't really read the story before, you know? And that is mm-hmm. so much fun. Whenever you realize that you're looking at something brand new and different, you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I actually am just on a discovery journey right now. And isn't that yeah. unique and beautiful? <laughs>
1: absolutely it's there's no tropes here it's just like let's tell a simple coming of age coming out figuring yourself out kind of story and it's and it's and it's we don't need any other frills or things to play with it's just let's have this very simple few really tough emotional moments that bring the tears and then let that that's all we need we don't need tropes here and yeah. i think that's why it's so good and it won so many awards it's it's not complicated. It's and that's what I love about it. It's, it's not a fight. Like it doesn't have to be this fucking complicated.
0: No, it really doesn't. And you know, actually, yeah. I have something to confess. I have HBO mm-hmm. Max. So, um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> last night I actually put on The Birdcage for the first time in forever, forever mm-hmm. and ever.
1: And oh, the Birdcage.
0: I've. Love that movie. It's one of those I, anytime I go back and watch these movies that I watched like religiously as a child, I'm always like, Oh my god, was that where we all were? You know what I mean? Like, that's where we were then, I guess. Okay. But uh like my best friend's wedding, don't go back and watch that if you want to still retain your love for it, because I did and I was like, This is ruined, this movie is ruined for me, this woman's awful and a stalker. And like, what is yeah. happening to this movie? So yeah, no, we didn't have great we didn't have great examples back then dear listeners um but i was watching the birdcage and so whatever i, I whatever i whenever i open this i was actually remarking to myself that this even leaves it open for somebody who is who is just interested in you know like showmanship for for gender expression mm-hmm. you know like people who are just interested in becoming mm-hmm. a member of the drag community could also really buy into this book like they leave this so open-ended that it just covers so many bases in Mm -hmm. a simple heartwarming pure way that kind of just i don't know how yeah sometimes less is more like you you get a lot of bang Mm -hmm. for your buck you get a lot of representation for a very little amount and it also Mm -hmm. does a lot to be like no you it's not actually any of your business what the interior Mm -hmm. labeling is of this person this person is just trying to live their life and you should respect that and i i'm very happy for the discourse to start to get away from like okay but what but what really like what but but okay but are you like but like what but like what like no like we don't need to know and that shouldn't be the first thing that you concern yourself with and it's a great it's a great way to introduce people to that in a fun way that's not judgmental and i think that there's a wonderful piece like I know Aaron and I have talked about this often It's just children's media and media for younger persons so like 13 to 17 year olds it has this opportunity to really dig into human truths <laughs> yeah I know mm-hmm. you know in a much more like almost nuanced way than some of the adult media that I get introduced to you know like Because you can add all of this, like, detail and and grayness and everything, you kind of lose your ability to tell, a like, a moral story, a commentary on anything. Like, you just sort of get lost in the weeds sometimes, whereas children's media are like, yeah, no, we we can absolutely say what's a good thing and what's a bad thing, and we can do that under the cover of Beautiful Dresses and Tales About Prince Mm -hmm. and 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 fashion and having fun and overcoming family stereo, uh, family lack of support. So, it's great. It's great. And everyone should read it immediately.
1: Absolutely. And in some ways it's very much the I don't want to say perfect because that's a, that's a heavy word to put on a book, but I would say it's it's a it's a very close to perfect story about just like fuck labels, you know? It's like there's no mention of like, okay, but what is prince sebastian um or what is lady cristali what is that relationship there and i think for 1317 year olds that target age it's it's the like if you were if i was a high school teacher trying to show this book to students and try to get them at central message it's just like no matter what label you go with and you don't have to pick a label you don't have to pick a label you don't have to pick a hard and fast label that works for you like you could pick a label today that doesn't work for you in a week you could pick pronouns this week that next week you can change and it doesn't matter as long as you are happy and living your life and it doesn't matter if the person that you love or the the family member that you love is going through something and they can't figure things out or maybe they want to play maybe they don't want to figure things out and they want to play like love them and and care for them and you know adults stop making us pick a binary stop saying oh you have to go in some box you know you have to go in the gender fluid box or the non binary box or the trans box or you have to pick this thing and how dare you jump out because confuse me i i i don't like change this is very much a no like teenagers you don't have you don't have to be the previous generation where everything had to be labeled and put in a box You can be the generation that doesn't have to put things in a box and just be fucking happy. And as someone who's gone through that transition process of, now granted, I did it in my 30s where it was, okay, something's different here. I'm not cis. Okay, maybe I'm gender fluid. Okay, maybe I'm non-binary. Okay, no, I'm trans. That was a lovely story to feel and read in multiple iterations. So I think, you know... My rant is, this book is amazing. <laughs> the too-long-didn't-read <laughs> to of that is, this book is amazing, and it's, it's great that it's out there saying, this is a happy, fun story about people who don't give a shit what label you go with, just love each other, support each other, while setting healthy boundaries, and that's it.
0: Yes. I couldn't say it better. I rarely can. I'm not... <laughs> i not the one that does the <laughs> – I, I am the lieutenant. This is not my job. But I will say that we're not underselling – I mean, like, if anything, we're underselling the art. Because it, it really does feel like yeah. like the Disney story that you wish you got when you were growing up. And and, yeah. and if anything, we're underselling the antlers as well. But,
1: but of course. Yeah.
0: if there is ever a sequel, oh, my God, I'm there in a second. There in a second uh oh
1: absolutely absolutely i mean i would be i would be kind of apprehensive because i'm I'm like i'm apprehensive of sequels and like comebacks no matter what like you know all my all my friends group was super happy that the futurama reboot was announced but i'm just like over here going i don't know i loved it the way it was don't i don't know uh, so, yeah no but I'm, i mean i'm I'm yeah. I'm joking. I would or I would pre-order this the moment Jen Wang says, "Hey, we're coming out with another."
0: <laughs> I would prefer it if it wasn't their story. If like if it was if it was like a child's tale or if it was like Princess Lillian, mm-hmm. you know, or Juliana, I I can't remember or any of them. Kind of like Cinderella did that one time where like the stepsister got a movie. That is I think mm-hmm. That is the that is the route in my brain. I want them to go if they ever make another one. I want them to do, yeah. like, yeah. Now let's tell a story about somebody else finding their truth and going through, going through whatever. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that princess that wa- wanted to look like Satan's harlot. That was amazing, and I'm like, I want. A full series about this. Oh yeah, woman. I love that. <laughs> Can you please just give me a full series? I about need a store hel- I need
1: a book about Satan's Harlot now.
0: <laughs> just a hellion on hooves, just giving them the business. I would, I would, I would die for it. It'd be amazing.
1: Like Lady Christal has so many amazing dresses. Like there's so many amazing there, but that first one when I first read this first time and like just the dress and then the panel of her just. Go into town on the dessert table i like that was my kind of energy like that right there like i'm gonna look bad as hell munching down as many of these goddamn cupcakes i want
0: oh my gosh like
1: just hell yeah
0: like i i am like i said the most vanilla vanilla but the prince is me whenever (laughs) whenever he, he has to he has to go into the pool and he's not really full lady because mm-hmm. he's not in enough clothes to feel comfortable so he's just in this swimsuit that is so poofy and I'm like oh my god you are all of my social anxiety is bundled up into a person and I love you so much yeah and also if I had a swimsuit like that at my disposal I would swim away more often because I think you can just Everyone can embrace the hilarity of bloomers just expanding in water awkwardly.
1: <sighs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That very, that very much like the first read-through. Yeah, I, I got that vibe. The second one, I was, I felt very much like it. It felt very much of like that for some people as they go through their their gender journey. The cross-dressing as they're figuring things out. It's very stylish. It's very stylized. It's very like like just like I'm going to town beautiful no matter what and then you get that outfit where it's like okay this is my everyday outfit and boy howdy does this not work as well i have to figure this out a little bit more than the fancy dress that i you know pull out once in a while you know
0: oh that makes a lot of sense i didn't even think about that but like the
1: struggles of day-to-day outfits it's like oh god oh.
0: Well, you just opened my... Every episode, somebody has to open my eyes to something that I've just blatantly missed in a in a book. And that is yeah. that is this episode's one. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And then now I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. That's a little bit less hilarious, but also just super sweet that it played out the way that it did because it went well. You know, it's like it didn't. Nothing terrible happened. Yeah. Life just continued on. And There was a little bit of fart noises when it came to the air in the... <laughs> first, but you know, I get that in my swimsuits all the time, so yeah. it's, it's very real. but oh, yeah, yeah, no, thank you. For- and
1: I and I I say all of this coming from oh yeah, you. I mean, I say this all coming from my own experience because I always try to remember I'm on my own journey. Other people are on theirs. Other trans people are on theirs. So just from my own experience, that of it, that like that like experience of going from this is my outfit, <laughs> and my goodness, I look so pretty in this too. Oh, God! this is a t shirt and jeans. How do I make this look cute? was my bloomer's moment of like this is my everyday. How do I make this work kind of situation not with without as many fart noises, of course
0: <laughs> but, you know. yeah, i yeah, I can see that being oh my God, that's just so smart, and you know it makes me wonder about the creative process here because. Like, that's that's some detailed representation. And I would never have thought of that. So my question is, how, how did Jin Wang, like, I have to wonder if she had people in her life that she was using as, like, a sensitivity writer or something. You know, like, this is a pretty explicit, yeah. like, piece of experience. And I'm just kind of impressed now that it was included in the story. You have to, would things like that happen, I have to think that there is somebody that she is using as a sensitivity reader or as like somebody who's like okay so what kind of story do you want to have like can I write you a story you know like it, it, and that just makes it a bit more sweet you know thinking about it that way
1: but I mean yeah I, I, I agree I think I mean she has to have had someone inform her or help her with this you know I think absolutely I mean help her in terms of like as you said someone she can ask questions to and yeah, because it, it feels, to me at least, through my journey, this feels very accurate. Especially that moment in the beginning where she's like, you, why why do you do this? And it's like, I just feel happier this way. Cool. Don't need to ask any more questions.
0: Yeah. Like, okay, where's my room? I want to start making dresses sure. now because you're a gorgeous person that I want to dress yeah. pretty. And yeah. that was also something mm-hmm. that I freaking love so much is that fr- you can see mm-hmm. – that Frances takes her inspiration from the prince. Like she is inspired mm-hmm. by this person and, and wants to make this person's mm-hmm. vision a reality, you know, like as much as she's creating her mm-hmm. own work of art and that's just so mm-hmm. like beautiful and cute. Like, you know, it's like that classic artist tale, I think the Titanic or whatever, you know, like, it's just that, like, Oh, mm-hmm. my muse, you know, but like, In a less creepy, sweaty palms kind of way. (laughs) In a much more, like, heartwarming way. But, oh, man.
1: yeah, It was very much a, it's very much a, I'm taking inspiration from you. Let me design things for you. I don't want to design things that I want that I think are going to be amazing because I'm using you to get to my ultimate goal. It's let me bring out the beauty in you because I see you as a beautiful person.
0: Yes. Yes. And, you know, like in that way, it's it's I hope that everybody who listens today can find the person in their life that makes them feel like a beautiful person, Mm -hmm. because I think that's very important in a relationship. Any kind of relationship you Mm -hmm. have is to have somebody in that in that fill that role for you, you know, look at you and see the beauty Mm -hmm. that you don't see in yourself. And then, you know, through their through Mm -hmm. their abilities and through their attentions and love and gentle reassurance help you come through that conclusion yourself mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah no obviously we love this book and- <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh is there any like thing that we haven't kind of touched on yet that you wanted to call out desperately whenever you were reading this or thinking about recording this
1: so one thing that hit me the second read through that yes this is a book for people 13 to 17 and i am way outside that range. As I said, I I didn't come out until my 30s. And one thing that that really struck a chord with me was after the dad has the heart attack and it hits the prince of just how much responsibility he's going to have on his shoulders. And he just, it's that feeling of, I can't come out. I can't do this because I have all of these responsibilities on me. That second read through after I came, that second read through that I made to this book after I fully came out as trans it hit me it hit me hard the first time, but it hit me real hard that second time because it's just that like as an adult, the pressure like I have a career. I have at this point my daughter was two, three yeah, I think she was two. You know, my I have a daughter I have to take care of. I have a family, I have I have bills, I have a mortgage, all of these things and like like to, like I have all these responsibilities that I have on my shoulders. Am I allowed this thing? Like what will people think? Am I allowed to have this thing? And the fact that at the end they're allowed and the and, and the prince is allowed to have these things and can have these things because of Francis, because of the family around them. Um, around the prince just like it like fuck that felt so ton of bricks of living that experience of like am i allowed this thing because of the responsibilities i have or do i hide it away because of my responsibilities and the fact that at the end they're allowed you know you see the prince at the end carrying out princely duties but still being allowed to be themselves like oof Like, yeah, I'm not the target audience, but as someone in their 30s who has a shit ton of responsibilities, the fact that I'm allowed, like, the fact that that this book says, you're allowed to have these things. You're allowed to be who you are and be loved. Like, that's just such a beautiful thing. So, yeah, this is a book designed for people in their teens, but, like, as an adult, absolutely, I would still recommend this book to anyone who's an adult who's going through their gender journey experience life whatever you want to call it
0: i i do as well and you know honestly like i spent a lot of this last year really trying to understand like how to be a better advocate for people who are going through these different kinds of experiences mm-hmm. and unfortunately uh, i think part mm-hmm. of that experience is realizing that you're not as comfy as you thought you were like like, the question that always, I think, gets people or definitely got me was, like, okay, but why do you feel like a woman? Like, I don't know. Like, what, do, why do you want to be a mother? Like, I don't want to be a mother. Mothers suck. You know what I mean? Like, and then you got to, like, really confront all of your internal biases and, like, wonder, like, why am I allowed to, like, be a happy person whenever I don't have all this shit figured out? So I think I think it really is important that this book tells you you don't have to. You don't have to put labels on it. You don't have to. You, yeah. you are just allowed. Like no matter where you're at, you're allowed to just be happy and love yourself as mm-hmm. long as you're as long as you're able to express yourself mm-hmm. in the way that you need to, that you need to in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I think sometimes mm-hmm. whenever you get that message of like it doesn't matter, oh honey, uh, it's it's used to couch sort of dog whistles of like it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. just be who we want you to be. You know what I mean? And this doesn't do that you know Mm -hmm. and it doesn't disregard the experiences Mm -hmm. or the need it just is like yeah no Mm -hmm. chase your chase your truth live your dream but also like like it shouldn't be the only thing that matters about you like that shouldn't have to be and i feel like
1: yeah
0: i feel like that's just so pure and so good and yeah no um thinking about it Absolutely. and talking about it you kind of we we have definitely glossed over the hard bits and i'm glad that she brought it around to dad's heart mm-hmm. attack and to you know because not only is that like there should be a trigger warning that we say in this podcast for people who haven't read the book the prince is forcibly outed against his will um yeah and, and so Just, yeah that is something that you should know before you engage with this material but it does have a wonderful, beautiful, happily ever after, and that is a very small portion of this. Um, a lot of discovery happens before and after that, mm-hmm. and you know there's there is a journey that the prince goes on, and that's only one small part of it. But um, yeah, we I now that <laughs> talking yeah, through that talking through that uh, heart heart attack, where I'm like, oh yeah, there was some dark in it. It just that that ending, that happy, mm-hmm. beautiful, happy shark ending, just kind of washed all of that away from my mm-hmm. mind which is, you know, if you're going to talk about subjects like that, you really need to you really need to give somebody a good clean emotion at the end or it's not the kind of book that I would want to give a teenager. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I know how bad I am at letting go of bad thoughts and stuff. I know how much worse I was when I was a teenager. Like you definitely need to like just <laughs> watch your mouth out after that or you just left them in a really bad place. So for that, I yeah I'm even more of an advocate for the happy shark ending to be honest so yeah no good good everything's good everything's happy and healthy and good so
1: oh yeah everything's happy everything's great everyone looks gorgeous at some point in the book yeah and yeah there is that dark I I, yeah as you said like we 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 honed in on happy shark and forgot about you know bad shark (laughs) yeah I I still love this book and it, it it Fills my heart full of rainbows every time I get to read it, um, or just think about it. You know, I we have it on the bookshelf. We have a copy on the bookshelf in our living room, and every time I pass it and see it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a good book. That I remember happy feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- and you know, like uh, I guess another thing is, I keep <laughs> every. It seems like every time I brought up a really happy story, it seemed a little toothless. Mm-hmm. And we've just confirmed that this book is not toothless, but yet still manages to be Mm -hmm. the ultimate happy tale. So, yeah. I don't know how much more explicitly we can be, like, presenting you the case that you have to read this book. I don't know how much harder I could go Mm -hmm. on the floor for this book.
1: Um, Get this book. (laughs) Get it from your library. Hoopla. Comixology. Wherever you can get it. Get this book. However you can get it. Get this book. And I'm not with all the library stuff going on right now, with you know, I'm not sure if it's how many. I'm not sure if this is on that list of books people are trying to get out of libraries. But like, if your library has it, get it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you know, honestly, or if, you if your library have doesn't have it, if you have the financial
1: means to get it yourself, do it.
0: If your library doesn't have it, request it. They 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 don't mind that. Shit Absolutely. At all. Yeah. They love to they love to do that. Fulfill those requests. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, will you guys please buy this book? And they'll be like, heck yeah, it's an award winner. Who cares? Most librarians are cool as fuck. Ooh, so whoop. shout out to the cool as fuck librarians. But yeah, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't have a super good handle on the FIM outro. So uh, yeah, FIM exists or <laughs> everyone media exists and you should engage with them on all of the platforms yeah. that they exist on. One of which you've already found, that's mm-hmm. girls talk mm-hmm. comics that's us we rock we have a link tree but then also yep. FIM. you can find us on FIM, and you can find the burrito boys yep. oh shit the comic burrito and uh yep. you can find <laughs> <laughs> you can find our fun new panel series and you can find uh some fun live streaming stuff and you can find all of the awesome girls talk comics centric you know, uh book reviews that we're gonna have now as soon as i can force myself to edit on a laptop i'm so sorry for that by the way (laughs) i'm getting there i swear to god i've looked at it um (laughs) but yeah so
1: good yeah for for everyone media we've got comic cocktail hour for the fun easy breezy talking about comics we've got comic burrito um girls talk comics this place why am i why am I talking about girls talk comics? You already know girls talk comics. You're here. You're listening. You're good. Um, hear everyone reviews. Read all reviews. Um, panel royale. We get a little bit more serious, as, as serious as for everyone media can get. <laughs> um, but yeah, check our shit out, yo. Yo. Uh,
0: yo. Mm-hmm. But but yeah.
1: Here spreading. Here spreading. Happy sharks wherever we can get them
0: exactly i'm gonna like give you a happy shark tornado shark nato of happiness or right here and now but hey thank you for taking the time and uh we'll see you next time bye.
1: bye do you
0: do you know anything about the creator of the episode that we're recording today of the creative team
1: i have I know nothing. I know Jen. I mean, she's got other books, but that's all I know.
0: What is that? Is that lines? Is that lines? There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. My phone, my computer died at like, right whenever you were about to answer when you read this. (laughs) So then I had to drop my child, not like aggressively, (laughs) but like gently set her down and run into the other room and grab my uh, plug in and then, you know, hope to God that nothing had crashed. And so it's fine. Everything's fine. Um,
1: we're all good here.
0: We're all good here. This is, we miss you, Aaron. Why did you abandon us? It's okay. Um, this is what
1: happens. Why did you go places?
0: How dare you enjoy your time in this world? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, sorry. So I, I skipped out right when you were telling me when okay. you first read this book.